Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. I want to welcome you once again to our Always Abounding podcast. And uh, as normal, I always tell you that this podcast is about encouraging believers to always abound in the work of the Lord. Uh, If we're not always abounding, then we are either stagnant or we're going backwards. And uh, I believe it is very important for God's people uh, to always abound. I am uh, presently right now in Laporte, Texas, which is just outside of Houston, and uh, we are at the Lighthouse Baptist Church, pastored by uh, Pastor Phil Dunn. And uh, I tell you what, every time I come to Lighthouse Baptist Church, uh, and I'm just sharing my heart with you today, um, I see God's grace in this church. I see God's grace in Pastor Dunn's life, in his family, uh, in the church. And uh, we're going to be talking more about that uh, as we go on into the broadcast about what God has done in this church in the area of not only reaching Laporte, but having an influence all around the world for Jesus Christ. Uh, Brother Dunn, I think I met you, um, If I'm trying to remember the first time I met you, it was at a missions conference at Capital City Baptist Church. Yes, sir, that's correct. And uh, I believe it was about 15 years ago. Yes, sir. And uh, I remember hearing you preach, I remember hearing you sing. And uh, Brother Dunn, I have to be totally honest with you, when, when I talk to people about you, even just this week when I was up with Brother Ron Ralph up at uh, Carthage, uh, Tennessee, um, when I when I talk to people about you and 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 whether it's your singing, your preaching, the thing that always comes to people's minds is you're real, and that is so hard to find nowadays. Is people that are real. Everybody's trying to put on a show. Everyone's trying to be something they're not. And and I've I've found that I, I remember four years ago we were here at uh, at your uh, what was that a couple's. Yeah, banquet, spring banquet, spring yeah. banquet, and uh, and and I saw you in a light that I've never seen oh, you before. My. And but but again, it it is that it, it's being real, and I think people are drawn to that because I think people are tired of seeing people live one way and another way. And so, what I'd like to do, brother Dunn, and again, my broadcast here is for the purpose of encouraging people to get out of their uh, a life of average. And, and move on and do something great for the Lord. And it, it's not that we're going to be well-known, it's not that we're gonna be popular, but it's it's just saying, hey, there's so much more I can do for God. And, and I see that in your life. I see in your life a man that uh, has not had a lot and yet he's always trying to abound. Even tonight as you were talking to your people, encouraging the people, abound in the work of the Lord, do more. And so we're going to get into a little bit about what God has allowed you to do here. But I, I would like you to share with our listeners just a little bit of your testimony about how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. As a little boy, uh, my father grew up on a farm, a dairy. And mm-hmm. as a little boy, uh, my father would just send us there for the summer to learn how to work. Yes, and uh, milking a lot of cows, 675 head of cattle twice a day. Wow. So uh, five or six years old, 
at nighttime we had to sleep on the floor and I didn't like that much. Mm -hmm. So I would cry and carry on and my grandmother, my father's mother, would put me in the bed with her. Mm -hmm. And that's the first witness I remember having. Wow. She would stroke my brow at night and tell me how Jesus loved me and how he wanted to save me. Mm. And so she planted those little gospel seeds in my heart. Yes, sir. So fast forward some years, um, there was, it wasn't really a Christian home. My mother was a Christian, but uh, my father was pretty dominant and uh, there wasn't a lot of going to church or anything. But mm -hmm. mama did take us a few times that I can recall when I was little, younger. And uh, about 11 years old, sitting in a church service, I remember my mother being there I don't remember what was preached, but I got under bad conviction. Mm -hmm. And I understood well that morning that I could be saved and that God wanted to save me, but I rejected. I, I was just weeping uh, during the invitation, but I shook myself mm -hmm. and I knew the Holy Ghost wanted to save my soul yes, that sir. morning and I said no. Mm -hmm. And so I went home and my father said, uh, listen, we're going to do an addition to the house. No more playing ball on the weekends. None of this going to church. I need you here helping me. Mm -hmm. And it took us two years to do that, brother. Wow. So for two years, I lived with that reject telling God no and that conviction that was on me. And it was a hard time for me. Wow. Um, I was afraid that God was never going to come back and speak to my heart again. And so uh, we finished all that took two years. We finished the remodel, the addition that we built and everything. And on a Thursday evening in the summertime of 72, I was sitting in the, in the new addition, the den that we built, mm -hmm. listening to some s music. Uh, my parents were asleep. And uh, a secular song came on and took my heart back to that where God had convicted me as an 11-year-old boy sitting in that church. Wow. And I got up and I turned the stereo off. I was kind of aggravated. And I went to my bedroom. I have two brothers and we had a set of bunk beds and I, was, I stayed in the top bunk and I crawled up in that top bunk and I found out that God was up there in that top bunk waiting wow. on me. Amen. And um, I didn't know how to talk to God. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know hardly anything. Mm -hmm. I just knew God was right and I was wrong and I was tired of it. Yes, sir. The adultery was in our home, drugs was in our home, alcohol was in our home. And I thought that that's the way I wanted to go, or the only choice that I had to go, and I did not want to do that, but yes, I didn't sir. know what to do. And I rolled over and I remember God telling me, I'll save you if mm. you'll let me. Mm. And I buried my head in that pillow weeping and I told the Lord, I said, Lord Jesus, I said, Jesus, would you please help me? Wow. And I'm telling you, God saved me. Amen. The boogeyman moved out and God moved in. <laughs> and uh, I tell you, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And I know a bunch of guys tell me I didn't pray right, I didn't know enough. All I can tell you is my life changed that Amen. night. Amen. And, uh, and uh, just the greatest thing that That's ever happened great. to me. Now you've been you've been pastoring Lighthouse Baptist Church for 20 years. Is that right? This spring will be. This, this May will be 20 years. 20 years. Yes, how how did God bring you from that night on that bed, accepting Christ as your Savior, raised in a family that milked cows, to pastoring a church in Laporte, Texas? Well. Um, uh, like I said, nobody in the family was going to church, so I didn't know what to do. I just knew I wanted to go to church. So there was a, a Southern Baptist church that was a neighborhood church, and I started walking to it. Mm -hmm. And I just put my life there, brother. Wow. Uh, it was a bad church. I didn't know that then. Mm -hmm. But I just put my life there. 
And so everything, every time the doors were open, I was there. Yes, sir. And um, and I just stayed that way. In 1980, of April 1980, I moved to Houston, Texas, and um, I got me an apartment. Got me, I had a job offer, and I took that job offer. I bought me, got me an apartment right next to mm-hmm. an, another Southern Baptist church because that's all I knew. Yes, sir. So I could walk right to that church and. And the same frustrations I had with them down in Corpus Christi is what I had mm-hmm. when I moved to Houston. Mm-hmm. And I got a little frustrated. So, But there was a couple there in that church that God had put there that was from Wisconsin. Hmm. And his father was an independent Baptist preacher. Wow. And uh, I got a little laxed on going to church, and he came and visited me and said, "Why, you know, what's the deal? Why are you laying out? And I, I told him the frustrations I had, and he said, you need to be an independent Baptist. And I said, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> And he told me about it, and I said, well, why aren't you one? Well, he didn't want to be one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His daddy was one, and he was, that's not what he wanted. Yeah. So, but God put him in my way. And so I started going to an independent Baptist church and uh, there in Houston, and that's where my wife had grown up. And okay. I met her, and after four or five years attending that church and getting to know each other, we got married. Amen. I was song leader there. I was kind of the... Just put my life there too. Yes, sir. And uh, but I, there was still something empty and missing. But there was a, a an older couple there, and I told him one time, and I said, "Fellow, you know what I'm hunting and everything is is not here, and I don't want to sound like I'm super spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's just still there's something I'm right. looking for." And he said, "Look, if you really want to live for God, you need to go over there to Shady Acres Baptist Church." Wow. So God put that man in my way, and that got me over to Shady Acres. And I learned how to how to walk with God and to live for God and how to be filled with the Spirit of God. I learned I learned all that there. And that was with Brother Jack Woods that's, was pastoring. That's correct. That yes. was in '86. Okay. And so um, I was really just the glorified janitor. I really wasn't on <laughs> staff or anything. I just put my life there, and yes, there was sir. a need that I felt like I could supply, and I just got in. And then a man, Brother Bobby Cox, was part of the prison mm-hmm. ministry with the church there, mm-hmm. and Brother Dan Metters. Yes. And they asked me if I if I was interested in helping them. And shortly after that, God called me to preach. As eighty nine, okay. God called me to preach, and so I got in with them, and I watched how they preached, how they handled the service, and mm. so God taught me how to do that. And I just I just stayed right there for a while. Amen. Then uh, in ninety six. Uh, September of 95, Brother Farley came mm-hmm. uh, to the church, the pastor of the church, and had a desire to, uh, God had put on his heart to build several churches in our area. And God had talked to me about being a pastor. Mm. And so that was how, that's how I wound up here. Wow. I was just a, a guy that got saved, mm-hmm. sitting on a pew, happy doing that, just wanting to serve the Lord. But just keeping myself in a spot where if God wanted me to do something, He knew right. where I was at. Amen. And, and that's how I got here. We, I started with just my wife and my two kids in an old rundown building. And yeah, it was just, now when you got here, so there was no one, you had a building, but you had no one in the building. That's correct. Wow. And in uh, a building you could not meet in. Wow. So we bought it in December of 2000, and it took me from then to the, fourth Sunday of May 2001 mm-hmm. to get the sanctuary ready where we could meet in it. Wow. In my first service, I had 11 in the morning and I had 19 in the evening. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> I thought, man, this town ain't never seen nobody like me. Amen. And then at the end of the year, I still had uh, about 20, but 10 of them were new. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yes, sir. 
We've now, never. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We've never had a lot of people, but mm -hmm. uh, we've always had enough. Yes, sir. And, and the Lord yes, has sir. blessed us. Now, I would say, I I have been in scores of churches. Uh, as a missionary, I've been in missions conferences uh, many, many times. I've seen missions commitments here, missions commitments there, and it's and it just. The amount is not an important thing, right. all right? And it's it's the fact of everybody getting involved in missions right. and, and, and having a heart for that. And But it, it has amazed me where I have been in churches that are affluent churches and churches that I believe could really make a difference in the area of missions giving and yet because of the lifestyle they're living in, because of the, and it's not they're bad people, right. it's just that they've got their irons in so many fires, they, they don't have it to give. And yet, I come down here to Lighthouse Baptist Church, and I believe you said you've got, what, about 40 members here yeah. in the church? And last year, your church of 40 people gave $380,000 to missions. Tell me, Pastor, how is that possible? When I, when I understood that God wanted me to pastor and to start a work, I prayed and told the Lord that I want to have a missions-friendly church mm. that will help missionaries get to the field. And I tell you, Brother, God has answered that prayer. Amen. But really... Uh, like what you say, it's not all about the money. Mm. If God has your heart, He has everything else. Yes, and um, there are some some elderly people in their 80s, mm. brother, that sacrifice amazingly. Wow. And, and the amount they give is not a lot, but God sees the sacrifice. Yes, sir. And that spirit stays in the church. Yes, sir. And so new folks that will come, it take them a little while, but they'll fall underneath that sacrificial spirit yes, and sir. that burden. Yes, sir. And when everybody is involved, you can do big things. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, we have uh, uh, three or four, I call them home run hitters, yes, sir. but we have a lot of folks that will just get on base. Yes, and sir. so when the home runner hit, hitter comes up, it, right. it makes for a big deal. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Ev everybody has to get involved. And, and really, I don't know, brother. Uh, it's just that I prayed that prayer and God, mm -hmm. God answered that prayer. Amen. That's all I know to Amen. tell you. Well, I tell you, it, it is amazing what, how God can use someone who will just give themselves over to God to be used. Amen. And, uh, and I, I just, as, as I look at the, my, my life verse is, is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Right. He's, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding always. in the work of the Lord. Yeah. And, and that thought has just always permeated my life, is in, and that is to not be satisfied with average. Not be satisfied because when, when we get average and we, when we get like everybody else, then there's no pressure to go on because... I'm like everybody else, yeah. and uh, and and I see here, brother, and and I, and again, I'm not trying. Everything is because of God's grace and God's glory. But but I see here a church that, though people, mo 
many people. It, it's not a famous church. It's not right. a church that no no. But but I've seen God take a group of people and take them above average. And I and I've seen a church. Every time I come to Lighthouse Baptist Church, I've seen a church that is always abounding. And and I just want you to know, as as a missionary that comes here ever so often and 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 gets a taste of it, I, I want you to know that it is so encouraging to me to yeah. see real people, a real church that is genuinely concerned about souls. And, and, and I just see that what could be done, Brother Dunn, if churches all around America could get a vision and get a heart for what could be done for God in reaching this world for Christ, it's, it's not that God is broke. Right. It's not that the churches don't have it. It's, it's we don't have people like those ladies in your church yeah. that you've been talking about that are just saying, hey, whatever it takes, whatever. that's what I want to do. Yeah. And, uh, and so, Brother Dunn, you have been a tremendous, through the years, tremendous encouragement to me. Uh, your preaching is always encouraging, uh, very convicting, I might say, right. but uh, very encouraging. And, uh, and I just want to thank you for your work, and I want to thank you for always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. And uh, what a blessing that is to me. Um, one of the things that uh, that you did that just, uh, was it two years ago you came out with uh, the CD that you made, the music CD? Uh, yeah. um, and it's called uh, For Loving Me. Correct. And uh, I, when I first got that, I ordered it from Victory Baptist Press when I saw it come out on their on their little newsletter. And and I have I have worn that thing out, brother. And, hey. I, and what a blessing that song is. And I want to at the, end, at the end of this podcast, my favorite song that Brother Dunn sings and plays is that song called "The Old Man Is Dead." Amen. And uh, I want to play that at the end of this podcast, and and just uh, it, it if if that will not stir your heart, th there ain't nothing that'll do that. Amen. And uh, and so, Brother Dunn, God bless you so much, and uh, appreciate your friendship, and uh, and I want to encourage our listeners. Um, you don't have to stay average. You don't have to stay like everybody else. You can go above average. You can, you can take that grace that God has given to you and, and you can go. Uh, I, I like what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. And uh, we can do so much more. Uh, I, Brother Dunn, when I, when I go to the mission field, I don't want to be the average missionary. Amen. I, I, I want to. I want to see God do amazing things, and uh, and He wants to do that, yeah. and He's willing to use, uh, willing to do that if we'll just give ourselves to Him. Amen. And uh, so, Brother Dunn, God bless you so much. I sure love you, and appreciate all you're doing here for the Lord. And and I hope, Lord willing, the next time we come back to come back and continue to see you and your church always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in again. And if you are have not done so already, I encourage you to subscribe uh, to our podcast, Always Abounding. And uh, you'll find that wherever uh, podcasts are listed. And I encourage you to follow that. We uh, produce those uh, once a week. And again, my purpose is to encourage you as believers and me as the one who is hosting it to never forget that our purpose, why we're on this earth, is to always abound in the work of the Lord. God bless you so much. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Now and then, an old
old friend of mine that I've not seen for some time. Will stop by and ask me where've you been? What's on your mind? Wonder why I'm not out drinking and painting this old town red. I tell him I'm serving Jesus and that old man is dead. The man you see before you may look a lot the same. I may wear the same clothes and have the same old name, but you're looking on the outside. If you could see inside instead, you would see. That old man is dead I used to live such a wicked life I had no hope inside I was lost in the darkness Then one night in a little church After hearing what the preacher said I gave my life to Jesus Now that old man is dead see before you may look a lot the same I may wear the same old clothes and have the same old name you're looking on the outside you could see inside instead well, You would see a brand new man For that old man is dead You're looking on the outside if you could see him
listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.